Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Weekly Awakening Podcast. It is your host, Cosmic Colleen, and I'm coming with you with an awesome interview. I'm super excited. For those of you who follow along with my podcast, you know about eight days ago, I began a cleanse, which was really big for me. I talked about it, and I'm still going strong seven, eight days in now. And so the person, uh, FJ Leto, a.k.a. Juice Doctor, who I'm doing this cleanse with, I said, you know what, we need to um, do a podcast episode. First of all, I need to bring you on and and just share your wealth of knowledge. You're like a doctor. He's a doctor of the soul, the mind, body, soul, and it's incredible. So I'm super excited to have him here as a guest and say hello, FJ. Uh, hello, Colleen. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Again, I wanted to share with my listeners, you have an like an infinite flow of wisdom, especially when it comes to um, the health. So for those of you who are listening, I cut out all of my processed foods, processed food, processed sugar, caffeine, alcohol, dairy, and wheat. Am I forgetting anything? Uh, that's pretty, you, you summed it up well. Okay. And this is really to, the reason why I did this cleanse is because I just needed to totally reset my body. I could tell I was taking in a lot of harmful things. I was starting to feel it in my body. I don't know if it's now because I'm in my mid thirties, but I was feeling it. And a good friend of mine said, you have to check on and check up with uh, FJ Leto. And I said, okay, let's do this. So FJ, tell me a little bit more about what got you started with juice cleansing and really opening up your body in that way or releasing your body, I should say. Sure. So, you know, what got me started with the juice cleansing would be just actual juicing in general. When I, the first time I had a juice, I was in Berkeley at a farmer's market and just some guy had this big mason jar of, of green liquid, you know, and I'd had smoothies and stuff like that before. So I asked him what it was and he said, it's juice. I was like, green juice, like what the heck's this stuff? <laughs> like, no, it's not. You know, what 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 would make that what would make that co- that color? And he's like, oh, well, there's some kale and spinach. And I'm thinking in my mind, this has got to be the worst tasting thing of all time. <laughs> and I asked him if I could have t- taste it. So he poured me a little cup of it. You know, this wasn't like a juice bar. This was just like a guy at a stand with a <laughs> with a drink. So he poured me a little, he wasn't had nothing to sell. Um, you know, and poured me a little bit of it and it was so good, so tasty. And I, you know, I kind of said, thanks. And then I was, I was walking through the farmer's market, maybe like five minutes later, I just started to feel really good. Huh. And I was like, you know, no, feel, feel noticeably good, like a noticeable boost of kind of like, you know, when, when people say it gives, gives you energy or gives me energy, it's not like the energy you get from coffee. It's almost like a lightness, mm. you know, it's like an elevation because, you know, and as I learned, when you get into the science of what actually is in the juice, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, the structure of the water, the availability of the nutrients, et cetera. So I felt that really clearly the first time I had juice. So I went back to him and I said, how do you make this stuff? And he's like, oh, we well, can just go get a juicer. And um, so I started to do some research and ended up buying a juicer and then just making juice myself every day at home. Right and away. You jumped right into that. Right away. Right away. I was like, cause I was such a health nerd, okay. you know, I, I, you know, my whole kind of, you know, from teenage on life had just tried everything and the way that I kind of do it, which is like ex- to an extreme. <laughs> so, you know, 
exercising. Yeah. I mean, you, you name it, you name it. I tried every type of diet, every type of exercise, every type of protocol, you know, I was doing fasting when I was, you know, 19, but like water fasting, just because I, someone told me about it. So I've got to try it. That's your Aries energy. I'll just interject there. The very like (laughs) that where I'm going to take it on. I'm going to go full whammy right to it. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 on my first fast, I just did a 10 day, what was called a master cleanse, which is like a lemonade kind of cleanse. It's actually really good. I recommend it to people still sometimes. What is it? The lemonade cleanse? It's 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 lemon juice, cayenne pepper, and a little bit of maple syrup in water. And pretty much that's it. That's that- what you have. Um, there's some, there's some, you know, stuff you do in the morning and the evening as well, but it's a pretty intense cleanse. And that was just the first one I did for 10 days. And was that for like the same like benefits that we're doing with our, with my cleanse right now, or is that a separate benefit with that cleanse? Is it like a medium, like strength wise cleanse? (laughs) That would be on the stronger side. Okay. (laughs) That that's, you know, depending on how you make your lemonade, it's like closer to doing a water fast. Interesting. Then, and it is, or the way that I recommend people doing it, like you could, you can put a whole bottle of maple syrup and then you're pretty much just drinking like lemonades all day. But for <laughs> me, I, you know, almost did no, no syrup. So it's pretty much just like a, a spicy lemon juice water, a spicy lemon water that you're drinking. Um, then you're taking like a laxative tea in at night and you're doing a salt water flush in the morning. So you're really, I mean, you're, you have nothing in your body. Do you do that for a week or is that like a full two weeks, three weeks? I did it for 10 days. Um, Just because I didn't, you know, I didn't really even know what I was doing. And this was your first legit cleanse ever? First, this is before I even have ever, ever had juice. Wow. So, (laughs) you know, just because someone had told me about it and I was like, that sounds like a health thing. I'll try it. You know, (laughs) and I'll try it. We'll do it for 10 days. Why not? (laughs) It was a really, really challenging. That was cha- how, what got you through that challenge? I just, you know, I had just have one of those mentalities that if I'm, you know, if I commit to do something that, you know, I will like, I'll do it or die trying. Hmm. So it was just the type of thing where, you know, this was before I understood the psychology of accountability, but I was in college. So, you know, I told a bunch of my friends that I was doing it. And after like a day of, you know, going out and having my little bottle of lemon juice and not eating, I was like, well, I can't not, I can't like tomorrow come and eat because people are going to say, well, I thought you were doing this for 10 days. Oh, yes. That prideful <laughs> part. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just use my ego against me there or for, for me for once, you yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> for you, that worked pretty well. That, yeah. wow. So then after that, when did you start jumping into like the juice cleanses or was it like, I'm addicted, like after you felt so good, really, like, I'm kind of addicted to this now. Like, I can't wait to do another or how'd you feel? Well, that, you know, I'll call that a fast. You know, I think there's a difference between fasting and cleansing. Okay. You know, you, you, the, that we don't need to get into. It's more kind of like my definition. But, you know, this was really like, you know, no food, no, like almost no calories, you know. So um, that experience, though, it was very difficult. And I didn't really know what, what what I was doing in reality. It was more of just kind of a challenge that I decided to take on because I would I would try everything, supplements, you know, programs, diets, just because I always was curious, like, how do you elevate your body to the next level of its development? It was very physical, purely physical in my mind. mind you know, I was young, I was maybe 19 or something. 
So, but what it did for me mentally and emotionally was pretty profound. And again, I wasn't very aware of it at that point. So I didn't quite, you know, wasn't consciously integrating it, but looking back, I was like, man, that was a serious, uh, a journey there. So that always stuck with me of how quickly you can use the body as a tool to, or as a gateway into the mind and and the soul. So as I then progressed on my own journey and then I came across juicing and I, at that point I was, you know, I was living at a meditation center and, you know, we had, had woken up more to this idea of this holistic approach, you know, this mind body approach and beyond that, that I really connected the dots of like, wow. Okay. So, you know, if you are consciously taking these tools of, of, of manipulating the body or changing the diet and you're um, intentionally doing that with uh, a, a, a mental, emotional, spiritual component to it, you can really make a lot of progress really quick, you know, holistic progress really quick. Now, when you first went to um, the Tibetan Meditation Center, right, which one did you go to? Uh, it's called the Tibetan Enigma Meditation Centers. Okay. Did you begin right away with like a juice fast there and jump right into, or how did that go? No, it was, it was over like a year I'd been there. We, I, the, my, where I worked there was in, they had this huge building in downtown Berkeley and there was the, the big farmer's market was right outside every Saturday. So every Saturday for lunch, I'd go walk through it. Cause it's like, nice, you know, Berkeley's awesome. And you know, why not? They had all the cool stuff there. And that was just one Saturday. There was this guy that had juice. That was the juice guy from the very beginning that you said at the episode. Correct. So Wait. that's, you know, just happened to be outside of where I worked. Wow. And so you were already staying at the meditation center, working there, doing everything when you first had that first juice. Correct. Yeah. I'd already been there for probably a year. Wow. And the meditation center was juice cleansing and those things. Was that, was that a thing? No, no, not at all. I mean, I guess in in a way because everything they they did there was vegetarian because they practice this or it, and this is not all Buddhists. You know, actually I think most of them don't do it, but this particular Rinpoche and his, you know, his centers um one of the core principles was called ahimsa um which is just this principle of non-violence and um, you know, the greatest good for all sentient beings. So by default, there was no animal products in which the animal was caused harm to generate. So the whole, I mean, and, and largely vegan, like so vegetarian technically, but there wasn't a lot of, there weren't any eggs actually. And actually, maybe the whole thing was vegan. I don't even remember, but not not a lot of dairy and definitely no eggs. So you ever, and obviously we lived there, all of our meals were provided. So we had, you know, incredible, you know, when I say incredible, I mean like these people could open the top vegan restaurants anywhere in the U S that were just like what we were fed breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. So I'd already been eating like that for a year, but the juicing was not and, and the cleansing and the fasting is not part of their tradition. Even now, even I've done, I've taken some of those people, <laughs> some of the llamas and stuff through juice cleanses now um, oh, that's and, cool. it, and it blows them away. But, um, you know, up until the last like 50 or 60 years of their culture, it hasn't, hasn't been necessary. 
Yeah. You know, there have, you haven't needed to remove toxins from the body up until recent times. So just the, the only time fasting would be part of their um, practice was purely for spiritual, not for physical. And now are they doing it, the people you take through a little more for the physical? Yeah, because a lot of them are, are physically unhealthy now. You know, they've come, you know, even though let's say they're eating, you know, vegan, it's Western vegan, um, which can be terrible for you. It can. And, and why? Like just what sort of harmful chemicals can still or toxin can still be in the Western vegan? Uh, I mean, it, it can be heavily. I mean, Oreos are vegan. Oh, yeah, I guess you you're know? right. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> chips, uh, French fries, all of the fake meats. I got you. Oh, the um, fake meats aren't good? Well, they're just they're ultra processed food. You know, okay. so some processed food, you know, I, I mean, juice is technically a processed food, right? We're taking the fruits and vegetables out of their natural state, combining them into a new product. But, you know, so so not all processed food, like processed food in quotes is bad for you. Like guacamole is technically a processed food, right? You mash the avocados up, you took the skin off. Um, but when we're talking about ultra processed food, we're talking about, you know, either foods that are unrecognizable mm. from their natural state or they're completely genetic, genetic, you know, lab foods, um, which, which is are, like the impossible burger and those type of things. Correct. So, yeah. So you're getting some benefit because you're removing, let's say the cholesterol or antibiotics that are injected into the animals, you know, antibiotics, vaccines, uh, you know, chemicals that you may not want to be eating that they're injecting into the animals, but other than that, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, they're junk food. Um, they're not health foods. You, sh you know, you shouldn't be having an impossible burger every night. So let me them. ask you this. Is there any kind of good meat substitute that isn't overly processed at all? Or no, they're all pretty much super ultra processed. Um, a meat. So, well, I guess, tell me what you're trying to substitute. Are you I'm, trying to substitute the nutrients, the feeling of the meat, mm, the taste of the meat? Damn, now you're asking me that. That's a good yeah. question. Uh, I guess maybe the taste or just substituting the meat itself. Like what about tofu? I always heard that that had too much soy. Well, it's also, it's mostly soy. It's, soy, I yeah. mean, it's pretty much soy and salt, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole thing. You know, people get on that because of estrogen and et cetera, and that's been largely disproven. However, if you're having ultra genetically modified soybeans that you're making your your tofu out of, you're going to have some odd effects. If you're having, you know, heirloom soy, which they've been eating for, you know, 7,000 years, it's a little bit different. But I would say uh, the number one meat replacement that is by far the best as far as like taste, consistency, texture, and, you know, some, some nutrient profile are mushrooms. Mushrooms are the jam. I wow. mean, you can make them, you, I mean, go on YouTube and, you know, like you'll be blown away. People doing full blown, like smoking barbecue with mushrooms. You can make them into crab cakes to bacon. Obviously everyone's probably had a portobello burger you know, like simple stuff like that. Um, and, you know, mushrooms genetically are closer to an animal than they are to a plant. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yes. So, so like, if you look at like, the, you know, the, the animal kingdoms, how they've like split apart, mushrooms are more on the animal side than the plant. They're definitely not a plant. Like they're their own fungi is their own kingdom. Um, but genetically, 
you know, DNA wise, they're closer to humans than they are to like broccoli. Wow. Do you see what I said, everyone? He's like an infinite uh, like water flow of wisdom. It's it's incredible. I had no idea about that. And one of the things that really struck me last week when we were chatting, um, meeting for my cleanse is I didn't realize and I want to share a little bit if you can share with my listeners about um, how much we take in all this process stuff sure, and alcohol and everything and how it really messes up our sleep and like what we need to get a full rest sleep to really uh, regenerate our entire body and how important that is. Sure. I mean, well, sleep is where most of the detoxification occurs. You know, it's really, I mean, you think about logically, it's the time of your 24 hour day where your body has the least amount of other stuff to do. Like as long as you're like breathing, you know, <laughs> and your heart is pumping, all your other major organ fu functions are kind of on like, you know, sleep mode. They're on just like rest, you know, rest and digest mode. So that's where your body can take the the excess energy to go do its chores, essentially. Uh, so depending on your lifestyle, depends on how many chores it has to do. And if you take away uh, the inputs that are giving it more work to do, like eating processed foods with added toxins, breathing in polluted air, we can't all control that. Like if we live in cities and things like that, drinking tap water that's got 50 different chemicals in it you know, your body's got to deal with all that stuff. So just by removing that, those inputs, it has less work to do. So when you go to sleep, when you're on some type of cleanse, um, it can start to kind of get to its, its backlog, uh, which, you know, can, is different, different for everybody of what that backlog looks like, but that's really where that, you know, that detoxification, that repair is going on is, is in your, in your, you know, deep, deep sleep, your Delta wave. Of, of sleep, which is also why when we removing caffeine or coffee and alcohol, both of those, you know, sorry for the bad news, everybody, <laughs> like there's no amount of that, that, that is, you know, good for this, that part of detoxification. Um, and in large amounts, there's really like no amount of it. That's like actually good for you either. There's nutrients in those things that, that are good for you, but you can get those elsewhere but the other chemicals that are in them are drugs. You know, they're intense drugs, the the, the chemical structure of caffeine um, and alcohol. And, you know, your body needs to address those things. And both of them alter your brain's ability and your nervous system's ability to get into deep levels of sleep, which is why it's very helpful to remove them if you're going to be putting in the work to go on a cleanse. Wow. And is there any, like even one cup of coffee in the morning, is that, is that still kind of harmful for the body? I mean, I've been on caffeine, off of caffeine for eight days now and I, A, I have so much energy. I'll just say that after the first few days of detoxifying that, but I, you know, I do miss the taste of it a little bit. And so is there, is that okay? Or like once a week or really like if you can do no caffeine in the, in the form of coffee or any kind of caffeine, the better. Yeah. It's all, it's all, everything's okay. It's just depends on like what your goals are. Right. So, um, you know, coffee doesn't give you energy. What it does is it blocks you from being sleepy. Huh. So essentially the, the molecules block these things called adenosine receptors, which is what, you know, your cells get, the, what indicates to your cells that you're tired. So when you drink the coffee, it blocks those. So, so those molecules can't bind there and signal to your brain that you're sleepy. 
But once they, they, once that gets out of your system, then you get that like crash because all of a sudden all of this stuff that's this, this adenosine that's been floating around in your bloodstream all binds. Um, and you're like, oh man, I'm having this major dip. I'm exhausted, et cetera. Everyone knows what this feels like. And then like, what's the plan? Like I have more coffee. Yeah, <laughs> more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and you get on this cycle um, and, you know, the half-life of caffeine is long. Like it can be up to 24 hours. Oh. So if you drink, you know, a coffee at noon, it there's going to be part of it in your system all night. So you're never going to get the full blown recept- reception of the chemicals your brain is producing to signal that your body it's time it's time to be in deep sleep. There's going to be some receptors that are still taken up, even if it's ten percent, five percent, one percent. It's that's why it just depends on your goals. Is like, do you want to be operating at ninety nine percent or a hundred percent, or are you okay at eighty percent? Like what, you know, because you enjoy, you work at a, you have a coffee roasting business. Like, <laughs> I guess I'm okay to be at 80% right now because I have other things that I enjoy more that I don't necessarily need to have be in the top 1% of my sleep, you know, quality. So that's where it's all about the balance between your, your lifestyle, your lifestyle and what you're real, you real, you really want. And what is it in alcohol that disrupts our sleep? What chemicals in alcohol? Well, so the alcohol mm, interferes with our GABA receptors, um, which again are like the, the really much associated with like stress reduction, r- rest, relaxation, which is, you know, in, in inhibitions, like, which is why you can feel so good. Uh, but then what happens is as the alcohol wears, I'm just talking about the chemicals, like obviously your liver has got to process, it's, it's poison. So your liver has got to process that out. Um, so your liver is doing extra work, but in your brain, you can have what's called a rebounding effect, which is where all of a sudden all this repressed, um, I, we're gonna have to double check this because I'm not sure if this is the actual one, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's glutamate, um, which will, it, which is an, it's a excitatory chemical that's been repressed by the alcohol will rebound like it comes back even stronger because it had been shut down this usually happens when you're when the alcohol effects wears off which is when middle of the night middle of the night so that's why a lot of people wake up in the middle of the night and they're like their their mind is racing or they'll they're they'll wake up the next morning and they'll have anxiety Hmm. it's because they're having this rebounding effect of the chemicals that were suppressed by the alcohol and it's typically happening in the middle of the night, which is again, exciting your brain. It's not allowing it to get into those deep, you know, delta waves of sleep. That makes sense. I mean, anytime I've ever, you know, I'm not a huge drinker, but anytime I drink a little too much, I get the worst night of sleep ever. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be mitigated by stopping drinking, you know, well before you go to bed um, and not drinking a lot, like drinking a lot of water doesn't really, it doesn't do anything. Helps you be de- less dehydrated, yeah. but it's not doing anything with the, the actual chemical effect that you're having with your body's ke- with the chemistry in your body and your brain. So that can help you just be, not be dehydrated, which can feel nicer. But if you drink too much, you're gonna have the, this chemical 
dance that's <laughs> good for you <laughs> i like that all right one more question on this topic is what about sleeping meds like melatonin or you know not really the harsh ones like prescription but what about the variations like does that actually help you get to that deep sleep you know or is it really bypassing it still so that's really hard to say as like a blanket mm -hmm. um it, i i'd say you're you you will know you will know because you will either wake up after like sleeping like a log and being and wake up totally refreshed or you won't. Um, I think a lot of people on those, the melatonin types of, of things will like report having really vivid dreams or, you know, like lucid dreams. So that typically means that you're in the, th the theta brainwave state, which is like the dream state, which isn't the deepest sleep state. Um, and it can, it can be better than the like half, half awake state, but not necessarily as good as that true, true deep sleep. Uh, so that's just something to experiment with. I will say that anything you, anything like that, that's like affecting a brain chemical that's used consistently over time is going to produce a, ch a change. And that's more often than not, something that we don't want the change like, in our uh, natural chemistry yeah change like we want our body to natural chemistry to be functioning properly and not need to be touched so anything that's going to al alter your state of consciousness even your sleeping state of consciousness that you're doing every day day in day out for long periods of time is going to ch alter something that then when you stop taking it if you ever do is going to need to be reversed and can lead to unpleasant side effects uh and you know once getting off of it but it can also lead to unpleasant side effects when you're on it for too long too wow that's really interesting and this is why we do this cleanse to, to reset your body the first couple it's funny like you said earlier about your first cleanse like how powerful it really does the mind body and soul we know you and i how powerful that is but the first couple days of my cleanse it was really interesting especially those first two days did she how many times my brain was just like hey take it take it i want it do you smell that coffee? I want it. And I'd be like, no, no. And just have to like power through by saying no to those voices. But you can like, you know, I know your body's, you could probably explain it better than me, but your body is like, well, when you're withdrawing from something, it sends these neurons back up to the brain to say like, wait, I want that. I want that. And I could literally hear my other voice inside my head and be like, get it, take it, want it. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a couple things going on there. Like if it's a, if it's a chemical habit, you know, which are, is the big, the big ones for, I would say like the average, per, like the drugs, the average person <laughs> does every day are caffeine, sugar, and alcohol. Like they yeah. are legit chemical drugs. So when we take those out, most people do go through at least like a mini withdrawal. It can just be a couple hours. Sometimes it can be a couple days. So that is, you know, really this kind of almost fear that comes up of like, oh, I really need this. I really need this. I really want this. That can have that. It's like kind of like your own voice in your head. Yeah. But then when we take away the foods, when we change our diet, we have hundreds of trillions of bacteria that live in our body that eat a very specific diet. We actually have about 10 times the amount of bacteria, fungi, m microorganisms that aren't our cells 
in our body than we do our cells. So we are mainly made up of not a human. <laughs> Most wow. of our body is other beings that are working in harmony, hopefully, to function everything. So if you have a microbiome, a bacteria colony in, let's say, your digestive system that thrives on cheeseburgers, and then all of a sudden you don't feed them cheeseburgers, you're going to change potentially the pH level, which is the acidity. You're going to change the nutrients that are coming in. Um, you're going to change all these factors that if this certain, you know, colony doesn't get, it's going to die. And they they don't like, li they live very, very short periods of time, you know? So they're going to send signals from your gut to your brain of like red alert. You need to eat this right now or we're effed. Like, please. <laughs> and it's because it's, it is an external voice. It's them saying like, we're on our last leg here. And if we don't get chips, we're dead. And so that signal is coming to your brain saying, I need this, I need this, I need this. And if we can get through to the other end or the other side of that, they will die. And the, the ecosystem inside of us will start to rebalance to more of a healthy one, which maybe in a couple of weeks, you're going to say, man, I really need an apple. Mm, instead and of chips. Yeah, instead of the chips. Um, and, you know, those are the types of cravings that are more beneficial for us, for most people. Interesting. Total side note, but it made me think when you were talking about like the living organisms inside of ourselves. I had this eccent very eccentric older woman for a hair client once, and we got on this topic of aliens, and she really went down this wormhole, which really kind of made sense. You made me think about how the aliens literally are inside of us. They live inside of, and that made me think of just what you said, these tiny little organisms. She's like, they're, they, we think they're around us, but they're in us. Oh, they're in us. And I mean, if you, the, the longer cleanses that people do when we do parasite cleanses, I mean, then there's, there aren't so little. <laughs> Can we talk about the parasite cleanses? I bought something. I didn't even know that that was part of your thing is the parasite cleanses. I got really into like reading about it and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I have parasites. I probably do. Maybe a year ago. And I took this stuff and I, I could never tell if I actually like really pooped out any parasites or anything like that. I, I got, I'll let you know later what that stuff was called, but have you done one of those parasite cleanses? Yeah. Just actually a couple months ago. Okay. Okay. And did you, you see the parasites? Not to get too graphic. Uh, I didn't have any, um, I would call like, uh, notable experience, <laughs> but I did it with a group of people that I led. And yeah, people definitely, I mean, took pictures and stuff and, you know, like it, it's, especially if you've traveled to, you know, out of the country or to a third world country in the last year or so, I mean, you're most likely going to pick some of these things up. I've done so many cleanses that, and the reason I do them frequently is to never let uh, anything like that build up. Um, so I'm doing it more preventatively, but um, sometimes a lot of people's health issues come down to that they've got some uh, parasites in their body, wow. which we can get from, we can get them from our own, our own stuff too. I mean, in like pork and things like that are full of parasites. Oh, so pork is? Why? Yeah. Um, Compared to the other meats, why pork? I don't know specifically. I think it probably comes down to how most uh, pork is raised and the environment that it's raised in. So, you know, you know, and you never really eat like medium well pork, yeah, you know, it's right. always cooked all the way through for a reason, which is if you don't, 
these things will survive. Hmm. That's really interesting for all my pork eaters out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, I would say, though, I don't know many people who are like, do you want your pork uh, rare or medium? Rare? <laughs> yeah, like they're like, cook it, fry it, right? Like, smoke like, that shit up. <laughs> yeah, it's like cooked very thoroughly. So, I mean, then they typically should all be killed um, if you go through that process. But well, I wonder even if our fruits and vegetables come from other countries, third world countries, places like that, they could probably hop on through there, too, right? Hundred percent. I mean, everything that you eat should be thoroughly washed. Um, With soap. So, uh, you, I wouldn't recommend washing your your produce with soap. But a simple a simple solution that everyone could do is just to put like a, a tablespoon or two of baking soda into your sink and fill it up, and let your fruits and vegetables sit in there for like 15, 15 to twenty minutes, and rinse them off. Oh, that's a great idea. That's very easy too. That's that's very simple. So really, just I sit there and I just do this with the water. That really isn't doing too much. It does a little bit. I mean, it does. It'll get any of the surface level stuff. And you've had people people have handled it as they've been packing it, and you never really know some of the some of the chemical sprays they put on it. Even if you get organic stuff, it's still going to have, you know, stuff from the farm next door will be on it that can get it off. But if you really want to kind of get into the pores and all the cracks and crevices of the produce, you got to soak it. Soak it. I feel like we did. My son saw some TikTok experiment where like, if you did something with strawberries, you would see the like bugs come out of the strawberries. I wonder if it was something similar to that. We did, we tried it and we didn't see anything come out of the strawberries, but it probably was like baking. So it was kind of weird to watch some of these TikTok videos, but unfortunately nothing exciting came out of our strawberries. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot of different techniques you can do. And again, if there are things in it, um, it should evacuate them. Pretty fast. Yeah. Good. Well, okay. So that's the first half. Now that that's channel back a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about your kind of spiritual journey. You know, we talked first about the physical body and the health. And now let's talk about the soul part and the spiritual. What really led you to go to a meditation center and live? Just totally uproot your life and go do it. Hmm. Well, that's a good question. What <laughs> what had me do that? Uh well, I guess, you know, when I was when I was in college, it was actually right around the time where I did that first fast. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I was a very driven, like I would call, I would call myself like a very driven, normal person. Like, you know, my, my goal was just like, okay, like how do you essentially, how do you, how do you like be better than everybody and like beat them? <laughs> you know, so you can get the best for yourself. Yeah. So how do I be better at school than everybody so I can have a better resume, so I can get a better job, so I can make more money and then da 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 So my whole like school career in college was centered around that. And, you know, from uh, an event that happened, which is kind of hard to describe, that, you know, I just had like the light switches turn on. And that all just vanished in one night, like all, all of that desire, all of the things that I had thought and believed were just gone. And this was not, you know, drug induced or anything. This was just, I can't really describe it. It was an, an awakening experience that was something that I had no idea what was happening to me. Hmm. You know, this was just, I, I'd never 
heard about any of this stuff. I had no spiritual background, not religious, um, you know, totally disconnected from all this stuff. You know, the only times I like, you know, if, if you would ask me about any of this stuff, I'd be like, oh, it's those like weird hippie people. And, <laughs> you know, super, super not my thing. I was like the opposite type of a person, you know, like I was like, <laughs> you know, wearing suits and things like this in college. <laughs> and it just, it just went away all in one night, you know, I had an experience and the next morning I just was a different person. So I, I, it happened over a Christmas break towards the end of my time in college. And when I got back into school after that Christmas break, I, I just like stopped everything. I dropped my, dropped my double major. I'd taken so many classes that I pretty much was like done school at junior year and like quit all my clubs, my fraternity, <laughs> just stopped everything. Just yeah. and spent the next year just reading books on, you know, I, I, hard, hard. I mean, general topic, personal development, I guess you'd call it. You know, anything to absorb myself in it: spirituality, psychology, theology, philosophy, uh, metaphysics. Um, all the, any any topic that had something to do with something like that i was reading all day so by the time i finished college i just had no idea what i was going to do just knew i was not going to go like work in some office somewhere so and then my journey just kind of unfolded from there i i was offered a job to go work at an outdoor science school Oh, that's cool. So I taught, taught, you know, science to kids, but all 100% outside. So that really reconnected me with nature. That job took me from the East Coast over to the West Coast, where I lived uh, in, San, in San Bernardino Mountains up near Big Bear. And I lived in the, in the San Bernardino National Park oh, wow. for two years in this little tiny cabin, like, and, you know, taught and ended up running one of these programs up there. And then my, one of my roommates went and got a, they, they got a job at this place called Rotten Ling, which was one of these retreat centers that was underneath, neath the umbrella of the, the, the Tibetan Enigma meditation centers. And she called me and just said, you, you have to come live here. Like, this is amazing. And they are, starting a new nonprofit, which is a documentary studio. And it's to make these movies all over the world about what this organization has done. You should apply to, to run the studio. So I was like, why would I, how am I going to do that? <laughs> like, just do it, just do it. And I applied and they hired me. Oh my God. Yeah, so then I moved to Berkeley, you know, and that's how I got there. It was just like, it wasn't a planned. So you were just kind of doing the documentary thing there and then it just took off from there. Well, yeah, that's like, you know, you live there and you work there. So my job in the community was to run this documentary studio. And, you know, we made we made documentaries here. We made them in India and Nepal. And so I would just go wherever we needed to go. Wow. So while you were doing that, when at what point did like the spiritual part start to kick up in you? Well, the spiritual part kicked up on me ever since that night, oh. you know, so it was very kicked up. This was more of kind of, I don't know, it's really hard to describe these things, but 
I mean, when you're living with, you know, these monks and these Rinpoches and, you know, if you believe any of this stuff, like these called these tulkus, like the Dalai Lama, these reincarnated masters who come back again and again to until, and they're going to come back until all of humanity has been come enlightened. You know, it's a very different vibe than the spirituality we get in America for, for the most part, uh, in, a, in, 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 and again, in a, in a way that's hard to describe, but I would just call it of a, of a more of like a seriousness where this isn't like, it's not metaphysical. It's not whimsical. It's like, this is the business everyone. Like we're here for a job, which is like the most important job in the universe. So like, you better make sure you're ready to show up for work. Because this is a, we got a big task ahead of us, which is like the awakening of humanity. And so when you're around these people who are, have spent like their life since they were four years old in that environment, in a culture that's all supported by that, it's just a different like level of the game. So it really kind of, it showed me a very, tangible example of what is possible to create when you are fully tapped in to the side of spirit and living that out as your purpose. Cause I mean, these organizations were, I mean, these were hundreds of millions of dollar organizations that were started by monks that were nonprofits, you know, like they were just to be of service to the world building massive buildings all over the world, schools, educational facilities, like they're in, you know, having city blocks of downtown Berkeley, yet, yet, but you'll never hear of them because these aren't like people out there. This is, they're just of service. So all this is all funneled towards how do we give back more? How do we give back more? But I mean, these, these people are so big time, you know what I mean? Like they're doing so much, such huge things. But it just the way that they do them is unbelievable. It's like impossible. So that is really what woke me up of like, wow, you know, being tapped in to this stuff isn't what my idea of what it was before, which is like doing a little business or doing something like this. Like these guys are, are playing at the level of like legitimately changing the world, not in their mind or because they have like a group of friends that are talking about it. Like they have... 50,000 people show up to an event from all over the country. And they do that like while they're doing 50 other things. Wow. And it's just like be, through their, their, their mind. It's incredible. That's incredible. So what do you think, what was the biggest like spiritual practice you took away? I'm guessing meditation from that, that really helped your being. Well, yeah. Meditation obviously is like the cornerstone of, of all of it. Um, but the way that they, you know, meditation is just the practice zone. Like it's, it's what you do. It's always what they say is like what you do off the cushion. Mm. So, you know, all of our meals were done in meditation, our work. I mean, we had training about how to do our work every minute of the day in meditation. Wow. You know, so like they had so many different modalities of meditation. So the, I mean, obviously the goal is to be in meditation all the time, whatever you want to call that, not in like a Zen, you know, blissed out, like I'm out of my body meditation, but meaning being 
100% conscious of everything that you're doing at all times. So that was pretty eye-opening that like, you know, they, they were like not really big on, Hey, everyone's got to go do your like 30 minutes in the morning, in the evening on your cushion. Like who gives a shit about that? Like, you know, you need to be in this 24 seven. So whatever practices you need to do is the ones of what are you spending the most time doing? So if you're working, your meditation practice needs to be working meditation. You know, that, that type of thing was very interesting and eye-opening. Wow. That is really eye-opening. Why do you think it's so hard for just like the regular people? That's not that like just someone say, hey, I'm going to start meditating tomorrow. Why is it so hard even to just sit for one second? We're just so used to having our brain overactive all the time. Yeah, because our minds are completely untrained. Yeah. We, have, we have completely undisciplined minds. Most of our minds have the discipline of a small child. <laughs> not not like in an, in, a, yeah. in an offensive way. Yeah, it, It'd be like saying like, well, why aren't most of us Olympic athletes? Well, cause most of us don't even exercise. <laughs> so, so like you can't, you're comparing yourself to a monk who's the Olympic athlete of meditation. And most of us aren't even try, learning how to warm up, you know, like we're, we're not even practicing warming up. So yeah, it's really hard mainly because we as an adult think, well, I, I should be so much further along. I've done yoga for 10 years. So it's like, Okay. So, but like that is, that mindset is a major obstacle because if you can't just, you know, kind of sit for 30 minutes and focus on whatever you choose to, you, you're at a point where just practicing mindfulness is critical because if you can't concentrate consciously, all the other more advanced practices of meditation will be impossible, but that's boring. You know, but most people are just like, oh, I don't like, I just, I'm going to sit and focus on my breath for 30 minutes. And it's like, yeah, because that's not the end of it, but like, you need to be able to do that, to be able to do any of the other things that you would consider to be like more exciting or powerful or profound. And most people won't take the time just to go do that consistently for two months or something like that. What, do you have any tips you can share with the listeners like that are beginning with meditation? Do you have any like easy tips for anyone who wants to start it out? Yeah, it's uh, the the tip is really to do it to treat it like you would do a, a physical exercise. Where if you go to the gym and you haven't exercised in a long time and you're like, "All right, I'm getting in shape. <laughs> I'm going to go do the heaviest weights I can for 2 hours today." You're going to like hurt yourself or be so exhausted after that you're not going to be able to go to the gym tomorrow. You have to take like a week off. And then you'll do it again and you're not going to make progress. The key is to do it in tiny little steps. So if you are doing no meditation at all, the goal would be to do one minute. And and not like look at that as in, in any way of judgment of like, oh, it's only one minute. It's you do your one minute, you don't do longer, and then you celebrate that you've done that. And you do that you know, for day one or for two days. And then you do two minutes and then three, and then five, and then 10, and then 15. And you do it not because it's Tuesday. You do it because you can, whatever you're practicing as your meditation practice, let's just say it's focusing on the breath because that's an easy one everyone can do. When you can count 100 breaths without focusing on anything else, then, then do 150. 
not just because I said someone told me to do a hundred breaths for a week and then do 150, then 200. You, you move on when you have mastered that step, not just after a period of time of attempting it. And by doing it, it re realistically like that, you can measure your progress and measure when it's time for you to be able to move on to more complex uh, meditation practices because you've built the foundation. And it's just taking your time with it, it and, 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 and being honest. It's like, you know, can you do a focused meditation for a long period of time? Uh, yes or no? The answer is no. Then you just train that until you can. And once you can, then move on but not beforehand because it will be too difficult and you won't see results and then you'll quit because you'll say, this doesn't work. So baby steps. Baby steps. You know, I'm going to tell you, we're going to have to, we're getting to the end of our episode and we're going to have to do a part two because there, I'm, so, I'm like, oh my God, I still have so many questions uh, that I want to hear you say. And I know my listeners are going to want to know, but this was incredible. Now, FJ, tell me where my listeners can find you, whether it's what's your website, social media, if they're interested in the same cleanse that I'm doing, uh, give us all the deets and I'll have it in the show notes as well. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you want to do a cleanse or, you know, anything like that, you can just go to juice, juicedr.org or just Google juice doctor. Um, that's probably the best way to find me too. Like if you just want to, you know, write a message off the website or anything, it'll, it'll get to me eventually. So yeah, that's, I would say, keep it simple. Just go to that keep website. Keep it simple. That's really good. Yeah. Go right to the website. You can find everything you need to know and just even more details about the cleanse, right? Is on your website. I should know that. Yeah. yeah. The, the, everything that you need to know from a basic level is on there. But obviously, if you ever want to, you know, if you want more information, you can reach out and me or someone else will get give you a call and tell you whatever you need to know. Okay. Incredible. And one last thing, share with my audience one one piece of advice, something that comes to your head, some piece of life advice. One piece of advice. Don't eat a hamburger from McDonald's. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I think I think you know the piece the piece of advice that I would get give is the key to what everybody's looking for is on the other side of forgiveness. Mm. So whatever, whatever, you know, is, um, not working in your life, figure out what is inside you that you need to forgive and what you want's right on the other side of that. Whew. That was pretty powerful. That was powerful and beautiful. And you are a thousand percent right with that 1000. Um, thank you so much, FJ. Thank you for coming on to the show, sharing your infinite wisdom. Like I said, we might have to do a part two after this. I'll have to hear what my listeners say because they're going to go crazy for this. And thank you, everyone who takes their time out to listen to this podcast weekly. Uh, follow me on all my social media, Cosmic Colleen with one C. And if you have any questions or you want any information, feel free to email me as well. Um, the Hair Healer Podcast, 1111 uh, at yahoo.com. Thank you, everyone, and have an amazing day. Thank you.